Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's time to drop the puck. Time for the Nightcap. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Let's hear from the goalie. Here's Lindsey Brown. And welcome to another episode of the Nightcap. Lindsey Brown here, your host always and forever. And we are recording this on the morning of April 2nd. Last night, the uh, your, your Vegas Golden Knights fell at the hands of the Minnesota Wild at T-Mobile Arena in the shootout. And to dissect that game and everything related to the Minnesota Wild and their hunt for the playoff chase this season is Declan Goff again from Score North. He's a, he's the producer of the Mackie and Judd show up there as well as a co-host of the of Judd's Hockey Show. Right, Declan? You guys haven't changed anything since I left. This is true. I've just, yep, I've just inherited more work. You know, that's how it works. You know this game, Lynn. Yes. They throw more on your plate and they say, hey, go ahead and uh, make the stew out of it. And and you try your best. And usually the stew is pretty good. But but I'm just saying, sometimes the chefs kind of put you in a tough spot. But you make the best out of it. Right. Same position, uh, uh, a cavalcade of responsibilities. And and that was definitely present last night uh, in the game against uh, against Minnesota between them and the Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, this the, these two teams have kind of traded blows all season. And, and just initially, how did, how did last night's uh, vibe feel to you? It seemed like there was a lot of pace, physicality, intensity. Where are you at with this matchup at this current point in time? Oh, I love it. I mean, for God's sakes, the Wild have played like the majority of their games against the Ducks and the Sharks. And look, the Ducks are a dumpster fire. I don't think the Sharks are as bad, but they're not fun to watch either right now. Martin Jones is the best. So when they finally play Las Vegas, it's it's been great. All the games this year have been insane. But last night, I thought it was kind of the crown jewel, and it kind of solidifies the fact that it's just got a playoff vibe to it. Um, there was back-and-forth action. Both Leonard and Talbot were standing on their heads. Uh, you could tell that there was an intensity there after, you know, yeah, I mean, the Wild have just been playing these, like, lackluster teams. So when they actually get someone like Vegas, who is very good and very talented, and last time I joined you too a few months ago, I said they're still my team to beat in the Western Conference. I still mostly feel that way. 
but it, it was a playoff atmosphere. And, and I, I'm guessing you were at the game as well, and you probably were able to feel that. And you've been to that arena before, but you could totally tell even from all the way here watching on my laptop in bed since the 9.30 puck drop, um, and I had to finish the game at, at midnight in my own bed, and I'm, I'm keeping it PG, by the way. It's Thank just, you. Uh, you could still feel you could still feel that it was a playoff atmosphere. Absolutely, and and you know the the Wild have always been such a tough matchup for the Vegas Golden Knights. And initially, you know the 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 Golden Knights in their in their earlier seasons were all about speed, were all about odd man rushes, which was really on display last night. And the and the Wild were the bigger, more physical team. But now they it seemed like they've reversed roles, where the Wild are the the more speedier squad, and and the Knights being a little bit more heavy. But but in terms of what's going on in this division, I, I really am, I want to kind of dig a little bit deeper on the point that you made in terms of, of playing who you're playing because I think the Vegas Golden Knights have a problem with playing down to their competition against the Sharks, against the, against the, the Kings to an extent, even though they are in the race, against the Ducks and stuff. Do you find that same problem with the Minnesota Wild where they – Obviously, when you play the Golden Knights, when you play the Avalanche, although we'll get into that recent stuff uh, between your team and that team here in a little bit, like there just seems to be a different level. But but are the Wilds struggling to kind of put away middling teams as well? Yes, sometimes. You know, I'm under the influence that because of the Darks, Ducks, and the Sharks, um, and yeah, maybe even the Kings, you can loop all in there. All the California teams, like Coyotes, for sure. Yeah, exactly. The Wild have to get hay against the California teams for sure. They have to be taking points, two points every single time, honestly. So when they like that, they lost a shootout the other night, whatever, you know, that'll happen. Obviously, they go to again with the Knights yesterday. But sometimes, yes, you can you get like stuck playing against those middling teams. And then when they play a team like Colorado, they get absolutely waxed in back-to-back games. And it didn't really matter that it, who, who was in net. It was just uh, an obvious deficiency that the wild aren't going to be able to keep up with a team like Colorado and now Colorado starting to run away with things in the West. We'll see if they're going to be able to hold on to that. But then when you play someone like Vegas and you play, you match up with them very well and you go toe to toe. I mean, every single game that they played against them in what four matchups this year have all been very close games. They've all been entertaining games. Already a few of them have gone to overtime. Um, that, those are the teams you want to showcase like, Hey, we can actually hang with these teams. But yeah, you can fall into a bad habit where you play those teams like the, the Ducks and the Sharks. And I don't think the Sharks are as bad as the Ducks. I just think Martin Jones is just absolutely god-awful, and they don't even trust Dubnik. We all both, you and I both know that from, from watching him at, towards the end of his wild career. Correct. Um, that you can, you can absolutely get stuck in playing those middling teams who can kind of give you a false hope. Like, I think a lot of Wild fans see them. You know, they got they, they were second in the in the West Division just a couple weeks ago before the Colorado series. Like, well, like yeah, they're second in the West because they keep beating on the Ducks and Kings, which is what you're supposed to do. But like, temper your expectations a little bit and lower them because they still got to play the Avs and the Knights. And if, even if they get there, they're going to have to beat them in the first round, and that's still going to be a tall task. And let's go back to a couple of weeks ago because because you, you kind of already led us there. The Wild were like one of the hottest teams in the in the NHL. They beat the the Golden Knights twice at home, including like a, a huge onslaught in that third period. Get get uh, Mark Andre Fleury pulled. You beat Arizona three in a row, and you're riding high. And then you walk into the Colorado Avalanche's barn and get absolutely waxed. And if I'm not mistaken, in that first game, they put like something like 55 shots oh, on. And we just saw Colorado again too. And like, and obviously we're all very familiar. And and 
their second, third chance opportunities. They're, they are they are the best team in this division, I think, in terms of having a nose for the net and always expecting the puck to come to their stick and being able to fire it. But but do you think the getting waxed like that ha- has had an effect at all on, on the Minnesota Wild psyche? Because they've kind of been middling since then. And just when you get dominated like that, especially when these two teams were kind of converging, they're on win streaks at the same time, and then it's so the, the gap is just so big, sometimes you're like, oh, damn, maybe we are a little bit ahead of ourselves. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that was a huge reality check for a lot of different, I think for the fans, for the franchise, that, look, you can beat up on the Kings and Sharks, and yes, you have a glaring, humongous center problem, but Kaprizov and Fiala have been great this year. Your goaltending has been damn near perfect. Um, So you can steal some games when you don't play very well, but at the same time, you definitely got to like realize, like, hey, we're still significantly away from competing on the same level as a team like Colorado and even Vegas for that matter, even though the Wild have matched up against Vegas, I think you the 30,000 foot view of both teams, you know, who's the better team there. I mean, it, it's pretty obvious between Vegas and Minnesota, but at the same time, they match up well that, yeah, I, you know, the, the, I think, you know, Judley and I disagree. I'm on the, I'm on the factor of like, you know what, you, you never know what happens the next year. You don't know it next year's not a given that you're going to be in this exact position. Like I'm not asking for the team to go out and trade for Jack Eichel by any means, but just can you find Sam Bennett, can you just can you give up a second round pick? Can you give up a low tier prospect to at least get some type of center to get Victor Rask off this bleeping top line? <laughs> he was I mean, out there God's all sake. the time last night, Declan. I'm like, what year is this? Uh, what is happening? Do you think they would kick the tires on Mikhail Granlin and see if he if if he would come I, back? I think he's at three and no. a half. No, no, I want, no. I want nothing. <laughs> I want nothing to do with the wild old guard. I want this proves. The point that we were making when all these trades were coming down, Lindsay, two years ago, that you had a chance and it didn't work and you have to blow yeah. it up. And yes, uh, like it is, was the Nino for Rash trade a bad trade on paper? Of course it was a bad trade on paper. Like, you know, Victor Rask is awful and Nino thrives in Carolina. But out the same breath, the Wild are just as good. And Nino Niederreiter is doing fine in Carolina without both them are codependent of each other. Like, they don't need to be with one another to have success. They're both just fine without them. You had to blow up that core. No, and they're the hot and cold. Core. They're perfect the for each other. Really, really good. Exactly. So, like, you, you just had to figure out a way to move on from those guys. So, no, I want nothing to do with a guy McKeel's around. But, yes, as I go off of my soapbox there, but find some type of center that you can just set that just like league average. I'm not even asking for, like, a top, uh, like, bona fide stud top six. Right. Perennial all-star 60-point guy. Like, you got to find someone who isn't Victor Rath. Yeah, just don't be a minus. Don't be such an anchor to everything. And that's a, that's one of the underrated elements of, of NHL hockey, too, is, is that you could have, you know, two guys on a line that really elevate each other. But if you have one guy who's still – he's being brought along. We, we didn't expect to see this level of production from Victor Rath. But you, but you think about, well, what if you had someone that was actually competent? How does it look then? And how does that trickle not just in that line – but down the entire lineup as well as you just get more momentum boosts, you get you score more goals, you have more minutes on different legs. It, it, one guy can really chew or change the entire makeup of the team. It's just really hard to get all those intangibles to line up and then you know not disrupt the locker room chemistry that that is that kind of gets uh, laid down throughout the season. I didn't notice Zach Parisi out there, and I know that's a commonplace this season. But is he? Does he have owies? He so he had COVID a couple weeks ago. Like oh, that, no. that's why he officially was like, you like had a positive test for COVID, and then he's been out. But then I feel like you know and they haven't like said this, but I feel like he's cleared of COVID, and they're just they not just, playing him. They, they just don't want to play him. Um, wow. And also, yeah, again, this proves the fact that this team is also 
just fine without Zach Greedy. Now that contract's in like next to immovable. You're gonna have to like swallow some money if you do trade him. There's cap penalties and all that hoopla. But I mean, he was almost traded to the Isles a year ago at the trade deadline. Well, and they need they need a captain type uh, type of personality there. Said. Anders Lee went down, so I mean, if Lou if Lou Lamarillo was already kicking the tires because obviously they have they have shared history, but I just I don't know if you can really say, well, who's gonna take cross checks in front of the net without him? Yeah. That's pretty much all yeah. that he brings. And his game is just it's not conducive over long term success. We knew this eventually. This yeah. is like basically a ticking time bomb where yeah, he plays a really gritty and admirable style, but like that's not conducive. And for a guy who's had herniated discs in his back within like the last two years, like you yeah. know that eventually he's really, really going to break down. And um and unfortunately, yeah, like the wild are stuck with the contract. I would love for them to be able to trade it and get off of it. And if you can go to New York, great. I know, yeah, they lost Lee, so they're looking. But also, like, they're not just going to take him for his production. So no. it'll be very curious kind of like what, what they end up doing with him. But, yes, yeah, he's unnoticeable. And yeah. if you can find a way to get off the contract, please do it. Well, and, you know, six, seven, eight years ago, the, the game still wasn't, you know, in small area game mode where a lot of it was played down low. So he actually could make some hay and, 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 and differentiate himself. But now that everything is so skilled-based that is set up down low, that and, – you know, he's not only older, but he doesn't have the skill set or, or the ability to catch up to keep up with all of the talent that has been infused, not to just this team, but this league in general. And it's just, it's been a very quick descent. I mean, like, I, I agree with you, Declan. I mean, we talked about this one when I was back in Minnesota about how this is, this this contract, the length of it, it's not like they're going to be playing their best hockey at the end, but it's just, it's been such a quick change. And, you know, I, I think it's a testament to, to Bill Guerin and, and how lucky they are to have him because you have that pedigree to be able to go up to a guy like that and say, you're not our best option right now. I mean, we kind of had that when Scotty Stevens was the defensive coach for a few years. Remember, Suter was kind of, you know, still in his a-hole phase, but but was kind of listening in a way. And then Scotty right. left, and then it got kind of devolved there for, for a couple of seasons. But it's just so odd how different this team looks and and you mentioned Cam Talbot. I thought he was excellent last night, you know, especially when he played here in Vegas, what was it, a month and a half ago or a lifetime ago. He got lit up pretty good. But last night it mm-hmm. seemed like he was holding his edges, that he was challenging well, his weight wasn't falling everywhere. And, you know, this is he's been he's been kind of on a hot streak as of late. So what's your confidence level in in him against these big time teams? And then also how are the wild handling their goaltending rotation? Because Kokkinen's been just as good. Yeah, I, I think, you know, he got off to such a good start to start the season, and then I believe he, like, hurt his elbow or wrist, so he was injured, and then there was the COVID thing, so he just got, like, disrupted. And then when he came back, he was fine. Like, he wasn't bad, but he was fine, but then Capo went on that nice run. Mm-hmm. And then now, you know, we all, we all kind of thought, like, I think it's Capo. Like, if the playoff series started tomorrow, like, it would be Capo. Well, now it's basically, like, it's 1A, 1B. Like, I think the 1A is Tam Talbot, and you're riding that hot hand. And the good thing is, I think, too, um, Dean is doing a very good job at mixing it up. I mean, there, there's been situations where both guys have started back-to-backs, and that's okay. But, I mean, how many times did Boudreaux and everyone else just run Dubnik, 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 and, like, the backup never got any time yeah, you to can't the point do where that. you get to the postseason, yeah. everyone gets burnt out. Like, I mean, even in Vegas right now, like, Leonard plays well last night. Great. Like, that's awesome, and you need him to play well. But then, like, you know, Flurry was playing so well earlier in the month that, like, well, you can't pull him at the same time. He does need rest, and also – it's Robin Leonard as your backup. It's not, right. you know, it's not Subban. It's like, it's Robin bleeping Leonard. And, and so I think with both Talbot and Capo, like they're going to be just fine. 
Um, I don't I don't expect them to like be at a Vesna level like their like their numbers kind of suggest as of late. At the same time, um, I I do think I I trust the goaltending going forward. I really do. I, I don't think the goaltending is the least of their issues right now. I I don't, I don't think it's luck. I don't think it's regression. You know, you you've been able to see what Cam Talbot has been able to do in person. Mm. I don't pretend to be the goalie whisperer like you know like yeah that that I'm gonna let you defer to the lateral movements because like even just me hearing those words freaks me out even though I was a great street hockey goalie, Lindsay, and, oh. and a food hockey runner-up champion in my senior year of high school. Respect. Um, despite my small frame wins, I came out of that crease, and I was ready to make that stay with my ball glove, okay? I was absolutely ready. It's not uh, the size of the dog, Declan. It's a fight. It's a, exactly, exactly. So, yes, Talbot and Capo have been godsend. That, that, and you knew this was going to happen as the Wild goaltending was so atrocious last year. It was only going to improve, but I think a lot of people are even surprised how well it's it's worked out this season. No, and I'm firmly in that camp. And I think if anything, like the tandem and and as you said with co- with coach, is it Everson or Avison? I always forget. Everson. Everson. With Everson keeping it, you know, fresh, not just uh, Cockney gets one and then Talbot gets one. And then you go back and forth. Like by doing that, I don't think there's going to be a huge regression back to the to the median here, the mean or whatever math term it is, because you know that that is not my strong suit. But it, it just seems like before the bleeding gets really bad, you can switch and then get guys, you know, feeling good again, getting them a new opponent. And and if anything, the compressed schedule, this is the one one of the very few silver linings of just being able to, to, to get the bad tastes out of your mouth if you do lose a bad game or have a bad performance. Because, you know, as you mentioned, Flurry was has been on a Vesna level all season, but his last few starts have not been there. Like, you can just tell that either – uh, the legs and and just kind of the the fatigue they're catching up with him, or that he's being disrupted by the fact that he was starting so much, he was vibing. And then now that Leonard is back and healthy and playing well, that he has to kind of figure out his pacing a little bit a bit, little bit better. And and it's something that the the Vegas Gold Knights, you know, like the Minnesota Wild, have relied upon. They're not anywhere without their goaltending. Like I think they're you know middling playoff team if they didn't get that type of streak from Flair because I just don't think they're playing super well. And and this is the first time that they've lost two straight technically this season. So it's a big. Time tilt tomorrow night uh, again against the Wild, and one uh, one of the players that I noticed a lot uh, for the Wild last night, other than Kaprasov, you know, it's just I, it's it's mag it's magnetic, Declan. <laughs> it really is. But Jordan Greenway, I mean, other than the fact that his jersey numbers look like they are they're the small ones, like you know when you have too big of a jersey yeah. and the numbers don't fit, like it just he's that big of a human. But he had over 19 minutes of ice time last night. This is a guy who is a year and a half, maybe two seasons removed, being in the AHL being told that you're not giving enough, you're not sacrificing enough, you're not yep. working hard enough. And it seems like this guy's not only found a found a way to take it to another level, but like build on himself in the game. So where what are you seeing with him and and what do you attribute all of his improvement and his importance to this team this season? Yeah, he's he's been probably the biggest surprise um in a good way for the Wild this season just because his his numbers show it. He's being trusted in big situations. I mean, it, it's really too bad Felino got hurt. He was supposed to be back here, I think, pretty in the next week or so. Because uh, the line with Greenway, Eck, and Felino was, was the team's best line. And that team, all, all things considered, all of them remaining healthy, are going to be the team that shuts down an opposing top line in a postseason series. But I think with Greenway's you know, like unlockingness, if you will, for the lack of better words, I think it was all Garen. I think Bill Garen sat him down and basically kind of told him, like, who do you want to be, dude? Like, do, do you... You want to be a big body because I mean, and, and just kind of coast around and right. And, and you have everything. Well. You have everything. You can, you can be you can be Charlie Coyle if you want. Like if you want yeah. to play and you don't want to like and you don't want to focus on scoring goals and 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 using your body to to its fullest potential. You can do that. There's there's guys like that that exist in the NHL all over the place. Or 
you want to fulfill like what people think of you. You're a second round pick. You were a stud at Boston. You were really good in the World Juniors tournament. Do you want to unlock that potential? And I, I think, yeah, I think Garen really sat him down and got it. That's just totally reckless speculation, as I love to do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I think it was, I think it was Garen having a conversation with them of, of who do you want to be, and then also Dean Evison trusting him to be to also kind of pair him with Joel Erickson Eck, who's also a very big pest and someone who's God, he's a little a hole out there, Declan. Yeah. Oh, he just he, he, he just jaws. I can just see like you where it's a guy who gets, you know, two, three inches from your nose and be like, I'm not touching you. Like he has that type of vibe for me. It would drive yeah. me nuts. He doesn't he doesn't have like the natural skill set of Miko Koibu, but he has diet Miko Koibu to him in his prime when yeah. you can tell he's a penalty killer. You hate playing against him. He's gonna piss you off. Um, and that that's where I, and I told Judd too at the preseason that I thought he was going to start scoring some goals, not because he has like the, this insane natural ability to, 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 to find goals, but like he, he works so hard and he puts himself in situations that right place, he'll right never time score a highlight real goal, but he's mm-hmm. like, he's up to double digit goals. Right. No one saw that coming. So, so is he going to be a perennial, like Brock Besser kind of guy and everyone kind of prepares them because they were drafted very close. The wild could have had Besser, but they went with X. Like, of course, everyone's going to compare the two. And I think even if you want to, you know, put him in a draft, Besser still gets taken over Joel Eriksson Ek. But Joel Eriksson Ek can also still be a, a, a very important piece for this team. And when this team has no center depth, I mean, he is their best center. He's their best center right now, yeah. bar none. And it's not, it, it, yes, it's a little bit by default, but also because he's been able to take his game to the next level. And I'm, yeah, he's been, he's been great. Him and Greenway have just really stepped up this year because we saw those young players, the same thing we were talking about earlier with yeah. Boyle and Nino and Zucker and Granlin. Like, yes, they took one step forward, but then they never took another one. They just plateaued right there. Right. And you love seeing that Greenway and Eck have taken that first next step. No, there there has clearly been a shift and, and I really like that you're making the comparison to the, that previous young crop of guys with Coyle, with with Granlin, with Zucker and stuff, because I, I agree. I think they were on the same path, but what they didn't get was was a was a leveling up from the team itself. They they weren't able to get over the hump in the playoffs. There there wasn't like a transcendental talent infused into their roster like Kaprasov where all of a sudden you're not only having a guy that's scoring goals, you're having a guy that's bringing belief into like oh my god we can do this here like what can I do with him what can they do with him and I I really think between Kaprasov and then what Bill Guerin has done because that's the common denominator I I believe in in all of this is is this complete transformation of this team even though you do have some players that are still there it's just it seems like there's a mindset difference and I and it's it's Garen it's Avison it's it's I think Felino like everybody kind of getting behind the right guys instead of being like well we got to do what Zach's doing we got to do what Suter's doing or we got to do you know they're they're following themselves more than following others and I think that bodes really well for them not just this season in which they're they're outperforming expectations but it clearly expedites their their kind of plan to rebuild we were saying tear it down to the studs and I think they kind of did that and got lucky and but that's sometimes all that you need that it's just we haven't we haven't gotten those bounces and we haven't hit hit in the draft until this year and so I'm I'm very excited for this team and uh, I know the the Vegas Golden Knights are not excited to play them again tomorrow night Uh but uh, what do you think in terms of adjustments that are gonna be made tomorrow night because now we're getting in the, the the stretch of the season. We're seeing some differences between game the first game being played in a series and a second game being played in the series. Do you think it tightens up more, or do you think it opens up? Because we've kind of seen both from in in, in the matchups between these two this season. Right, I, I'm going to go that leans that it opens up. You know, like both goalies stood on their heads um, for the entire game last night, and I just I don't know if that'll happen again. I'm curious if he goes with Capo. I'm curious if he stays with Talbot. 
But also, you know, like Kaprizov last night played like 25, 24 minutes and like four more minutes than any other forward. Now, that's not going to be something he does every night, but at the same time, I think it shows that they trust Kaprizov because I mean, the evidence is right there in front of you, the eye test, the analytics, everything you want to point out, he, he hits it on. But you can't run him into a situation where you're running him out there for 25 minutes and juggling him around all over the place. Him and Fiala are Batman and Robin, for the lack of a better word. They really are. They're carrying the team. And when you have two guys like that and you get stellar goaltending, it can really pay dividends. Um, but I think the, what, what I'm scared of is eventually like the Knights being the sleeping giant who eventually wakes up because, like I said, over the 30,000-foot view, the Knights are deeper, they're better, they are a better team. Whatever reason the WoW gives them fits, at the same time, I'm, I'm more worried that like the Knights pull an, pull an avalanche on them, for the lack of a better word, and eventually wake up and just absolutely go to town. Because we haven't seen basically Vegas dominate a game yet, I think, I'm, unless I'm blanking on one of them. I think all no. the games have just been super, super close. They've been either tied or there's been lead changes, there's been overtime. So, like, I'm waiting for them to kind of basically wake up and throttle the Wild and say, like, no, we are the better team. But, like, maybe that is. It's just Dean's pulling the right strings here. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I don't know if it's just the Knights underestimating them. I don't know if it's Levin not living up to their full potential. But, yeah, I, I kind of see the floodgates opening up a little bit on Saturday, and, and I'm curious to see who comes out on top. Yeah, I, I think the the Wild, for the most part, were, were in the driver's seat and very much the aggressors last night. I think the Knights will definitely try to adjust some of their breakouts because the Wild were pinching down so hard because they love the, the Knights love going up the wall, Declan. We love going up the wall, <laughs> and we love going to the outlet pass, and we'll, we'll bump, and, bump and go through the neutral zone. And it's just like if you have a couple of aggressive guys forechecking, all you got to do is disrupt and create chaos and then pick up, pick up the garbage at the end. And I, I, that was a lot what I was seeing last night. And that's kind of what the Knights are. They're, it's really hard for them to make adjustments in-game, and I think that that's one of their, their biggest downfalls, especially against teams that are that are up to their level, like the Minnesota Wild, like the Colorado Avalanche, just because it's just hard to pivot when you're trying to play your high-level game, and then all of a sudden, well, they took away our option A. Well, you got to be able to play an option, but this is this is what it is, and so you got to start practicing that and, and getting that implemented. But they had a short bench last night. I don't know what the hell they're going to be doing for it tomorrow because it's all like salary cap and Stevenson got suspended. It's all this other BS. But you know, it's just straight up. You got to you got to convert on your power play, which the Wild did for once last oh, night, and uh, and and scoring on uh, scoring in the shootout. So there's just there's a lot of areas in which both teams can improve. And and uh, uh, like you said, I just hope that there's there's a different level that these teams can bring because it does already feel like playoffs. But in terms of somebody actually taking the the throttle and being like, "Let's go!" Nobody's done it yet, and both teams are very much capable, my friend. Totally, totally, yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I mean I'd be curious to see you know the Avalanche and Knights in in a playoff series. That'd be fun. You know, mm-hmm. I I think the Wild would just get absolutely waxed by Colorado, but I think they would. I think it'd be a seven game series against Vegas if they line up in against Vegas in a best of seven. I think it's going seven. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be a ton, a ton of fun. Um, and I'm, I'm curious if, if the wild can keep this up, you know, yeah, they were one of the hottest teams in the league going back to like basically the last six, six weeks. They still are top five in most all major categories. You know, some regression might come, but I, I do this thing. They're clearly making the playoffs. I think they're like at a mm-hmm. 90% chance to make the postseason. It's just, who are they going to line up against? Are you going to get Vegas or are you going to get 
Colorado. And I, I think if you're the Wild fans and if you're the Wild, you probably definitely want Vegas because you probably want nothing to do with Colorado. Seating matters, even at even at the high school dances when you when you get picked first, and all of a sudden you're it's 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 a different type of team, it's a different type of dance partner, and I, I agree. I think there's going to be a lot of shared history between these these two squads in the coming months, and I appreciate you taking some time today uh, to talk to us about the series right now. I know that you are a busy man, and uh, and that it is th- this season is unlike any other. There's no breathing room, Declan. There's none. <laughs> there is not. There is not. Judd, Judd's wrapping up a podcast right now. We're going to talk wild here in another 15 minutes. The the, the content beast, as you know, Lindsay, yeah. never sleeps. And even on a Friday when I want to get home and crack some seltzers and just sit on my couch and watch hockey, nope. Can't even do that yet. The Can't old routine, that. the old routine, and and so uh, before before I let you go, why don't you plug that podcast just in case anybody is uh, down here looking for a deeper dive on the Minnesota Wild or anything that you are involved with, my friend. Absolutely, yeah, we're we're Judd's Hockey Show, and and you can find us on Apple, Spotify, uh, ScoreNorth dot com is our home, and then you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube dot com slash ScoreNorthMN. We post wild conversations. I dare I say some of the best wild conversations on the YouTube. So if you like watching a couple of visual dudes who are at Faces for Radio talk pucks, we are on YouTube. Score North MN. Give us a subscribe. We will gladly uh, fulfill your wild hockey needs. You guys are my favorites. I love you and I miss you. And I wish nothing but the best. Uh, to, and say hi to Judley and, and to Mackie. I, uh, it's, it's been a while. It has been a while. But thank you, Declan. And, uh, and I hope to talk to you soon, dude. All right. Thanks, Lynn. Appreciate you. Hey, that was Declan Goff from Score North. He covers the Minnesota Wild for them, co-produces a, a daily sports show up there as well, and one of my former co-workers. It's always good to catch up with him, get the lowdown in the Minnesota Wild, because I do think that they are going to be one of the biggest thorns in the shoes, or at least the, the boots of the of the coat of armor for your Vegas Gold Knights. But we'll be back next week. I think we have a, we have Catherine Silverman that's going to be talking with us about the Arizona Coyotes and their middling uh, season so far. But thank you so much for tuning in this week. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.